Gracious and loving God, with life as our teacher and Jesus as Lord, give us eyes to believe and to have life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. So long, long ago when I was a lieutenant in Germany, and that was a long time ago, I was in this larger unit, and there was several truck battalions in it. There's two were American truck battalions, and they had soldiers, drivers. And then there was this other third battalion that was, um, was really constituted by Germans, German civilians. This was a throwback from World War II, where right after the war and Germans were looking for jobs, the U.S. government hired these Germans and put them in certain units. And so one of those units was the 6966 Transportation Battalion. And so one day when I was out on a convoy, and it was a sort of a mixed convoy of Americans and these German drivers who worked for the U.S. government, I saw this one guy that had a mark on his arm. And so I spoke to him and found out that he was from Poland. And I asked him about the mark. And then I was surprised to discover that the number that was tattooed on the inside of his forearm was from Auschwitz. And I said, well, gosh, why, why don't you cover that mark? And he explained to me in some details that it was part of his journey and that it was part of who he had become. And so a couple years later when I was running a trailer transfer point and all these trucks and drivers were coming in through there, I noticed this tattoo on this guy's arm. And so I, I didn't recognize the man at first, but then when I saw the tattoo, I, I knew it was him. I recognized him by his scar. And I felt connected to him, that I knew the deepest part of his story and I so appreciated his vulnerability, his, um, his humanity that we shared together, represented by that scar. And so oddly, my Polish truck driver reminds me of today's gospel. On Resurrection Day, the risen Jesus appears to his frightened disciples who are locked up and hiding in this room, and he greets them in a way that he maybe has done a million times before, and he says, peace be with you. And at first they don't recognize him until he shows them the marks on his hands. And then they rejoice and it's verified that this is the Lord. And so like my Polish truck driver, the risen Jesus is first recognizable by his scars. Now for some reason, Thomas was absent from the group that first Easter evening. And perhaps... Because of his broken heart, he needed his own space to grieve the loss of a, of a friend, crushed hopes and dreams, even maybe the complicity of Jesus' arrest. Strictly speaking, Thomas was really no different than the other disciples, but he gets a bad rap. None of them had believed Mary Magdalene's report that she had seen the Lord. Similar, but verbalized, if Jesus was impossibly been raised from the dead, Thomas demanded that he would see and he must touch the wounds for himself. We find a week later that Thomas has rejoined the group. And Jesus, who knows our pains and our contradictions, he comes in their midst. And once again, Jesus shares peace to all of them. But then he turns directly to Thomas 
and he makes the offer word for word on his demand. And I imagine the scene in my mind, the sovereign who graciously shows up and tenderly offers Thomas precisely what he needed to begin again. In my own words, I hear Jesus saying, see my wounds, touch me right here, connect with me. I am, I am the one you had hoped for. Learn that new life, it's born out of death. And for us seekers and Jesus followers today, Thomas becomes our guide into moving to the next level of trust. Thomas gives us permission to just show up with our honest doubts. With just a sliver of faith, he rejoins this fragile band of brothers and waited. Thomas's story affirms our scars, reminding us that scars are actually part and parcel of life, of life together, and have the necessary role of forgiveness is needed for one another. Thomas gives us insight into our Lord's intentional pattern of absence and presence, witnessing from across the centuries that Jesus is, in fact, alive even without our seeing. What a God we have. One who would be wounded for us and with us. Just as I recognize that Polish truck driver by his scars, it was in sharing his story with me that we actually connected and I was invited to know his deepest truth. This weekend, I was lucky enough to have lifelong friends visiting here with me. And yes, we caught up on all the stories of their kids and graduation and of their new wonderful lake house, but it was not in the happy news where we really reconnected. Our bonds were strengthened. Relief came when we trusted each other with the parts of our lives where our hearts had been broken. Being able to speak our pain with those who are willing to hold it with us, what a gift. It's in sharing our scars and finally allowing our tears to flow in sacred crust that moves us now toward healing and new life again. We are Jesus living for one another. Surely part of the good news of the risen Jesus who walks among us is this invitation to come to church just as we are, with our whole selves, scars and all. In those times when our wounds are raw, this is the place to show up with our doubts and resentments. Perhaps then the others in the community who have more recently seen the Lord can hold trust for us. Ironically, those events that break our hearts, these are the very places where Jesus will sow those seeds of resurrection. I'm so grateful for our small groups like the Senior Sisters and the Crescio Reunion groups and others where the stories of pain are shared, explored, and compassionately held by others. So many of us have lived through things we thought would surely kill us. And yet, a little down the road, 
not noticing exactly when something changed and we become aware that we are alive again, that there is joy in our song again. And there's a, a vivid image in Brennan Manon's book, um, The Ragamuffin Gospel, that really helps me. He tells of a married couple, and the wife, she needs an operation to remove cancer from her face, but there is this risk that the surgeon could accidentally cut a nerve and she would be disfigured. And so they have this operation, and the wife's worst fears happen. Her right side of her face now droops, and in the recovery with tears pouring down her face, she tells her husband that things will never be the same between us again because of my disfigurement. And as he's done a million times before, he leans over for a kiss, conforming his lips to perfectly match hers now. And you know, Jesus does this for us, meeting us right where we are, perfectly conforming his lips to heal our broken places. Thomas's experience invites us to trust God who knows us and loves us and will lead us to life and more life. At some point, we can even give thanks for the gift of our scars because these are what make us human. They mark the crucible where we were refined and taught precious truths about what really is important in life and how God does show up. As humans, the sacred wounds are the bonds that finally connect us. Amen.